and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland and I'm so excited to be here with you. Our staff is still coming down from all the excitement and love around our 500th episode, which aired last week. It was just so nice to have something to celebrate, and we loved answering all your listener questions, so we really hope you enjoyed listening to it too. Today's show is a fun one. Since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, we wanted to share some ideas for how to give from the heart and for making handmade gifts even more meaningful. We also chat with Wise Monkey Quilting Quilt Shop, share reader tips we love, and announce a new quilt along. So let's dive in. Quilters are some of the most generous and giving people there are. So it's no surprise that we like to share our creative talents with others by sewing up handmade gifts. I'm here with Allison, the designer of Quilts and More magazine, to talk about ideas to infuse your quilts with extra meaning. Luckily for us quilters, handmade gifts are innately unique because they're not something you can pick up at the store. Creating something from scratch will always result in a one-of-a-kind item, even if you're making gifts in multiples. This is part of the joy of giving handmade gifts. It shows the recipient that you took the time to really think about them and create something specifically tailored to their taste. Exactly. The easiest way to give from the heart is by thinking about your recipient's favorite things and incorporating that into their gift. So for instance, when choosing fabrics, think about their favorite colors, their decor style, and things that hold special meaning in their life. These small details are sure to be noticed by the recipient, and it shows them that you truly know them and pay attention to what they love. Allison, do you have any examples of how to personalize a gift in this way? The quilting world has unlimited fabric options, so it's so easy to personalize a present with your fabric choices. If it's a larger quilt, all turn to their favorite colors when choosing fabrics. But for smaller gifts, novelty prints are a fun way to add extra flair to your projects. Fabrics featuring food, animals, travel items, sports, music, or even licensed fabrics from popular TV shows or movies are available for purchase and can really add that extra touch to your gifts. Yes, sometimes people's styles aren't that obvious and it can take a little sleuthing. Um, So for instance, when I make a baby quilt, I also look at the bedding and towel colors on the baby registry and that kind of clues me into what colors they're using to decorate the baby's room and the same applies to wedding registries um, you can also look at what colors or types of prints they have in their wardrobe or home decor so like do they wear big prints or punchy colors um, is their home more neutrals? So kind of by catering to their style rather than your own personal style, you can be more confident that the gift will be loved and well used. There are some other ways to add an extra special touch to your projects. If nothing else, make sure to add a label to the quilt. You could put your name, the date completed, and the name of the recipient. 
consider adding extra embellishments to the gift. For example, you could add an embroidered note or saying to the label of the quilt that holds special meaning for the recipient. You could add an applique monogram to the project. You could even add a piece of clothing or fabric to the project that holds special meaning for the recipient. Yeah, I love that idea. I think it would be so special if you were uh, maybe making a baby quilt. You could sew a small piece of the new mother or father's old baby blankets or baby clothes into the new quilt. Or if it's an anniversary present, maybe a piece of the bride's dress or the husband's pocket square. And you don't necessarily have to sew these pieces into the finished quilt. Uh, you could always add just a little small pocket to the back of the quilt to tuck the fabrics into and maybe close it with a button or Velcro. And that way these extra fabrics can be removed if the quilt needs to be washed. That's such a great idea. We have one more idea to share as a way to put extra meaning into your quilts. It's definitely not something for everyone, but as the topics of mindfulness and the slow stitching movement are becoming so popular, it's something we've heard more and more about, so we wanted to mention it. If you hand piece or hand quilt your projects, you can try saying a prayer or a meditation while stitching. I think this idea is especially alluring if you're making a charity quilt or a quilt for a family member or friend who's going through a hard time. Uh, basically, when you're working with your hands and stitching the quilt, you can say a favorite prayer or even some uh, meditative mantras. It could be something like, I wish you health, I wish you healing, I wish you peace, some sort of calming prayers or wishes to think about when you're sewing for that person. And in this way, Stitching can act as kind of a type of support for you to come to terms with a hard situation, but also make the quilt a sort of protector or healer for the recipient. Now, maybe you've already given plenty of homemade gifts to friends and family, but you still want to enjoy the feeling of giving to others. There are countless charities and organizations that take donations from pillowcases to quilts to tote bags and more. These are usually much needed items, so you can be assured that whatever you make will be put to good use and very appreciated. There's something uniquely special about sending a handmade gift often to, off into the world and knowing that it's making a difference. To find a charity, we suggest starting with a cause near and dear to your heart, such as charities that support veterans, cancer survivors, foster children, the homeless population, shelter animals, or those in nursing homes. Odds are if you take a moment to think, you'll feel a calling to a specific cause to support. Um, and then you can find charities by searching on Google with the cause or project you'd like to make. Uh, and we actually did a whole podcast episode about sewing for charity. So if you want to dive in more, you can turn uh, into episode 488. Now to the hard part of gifting handmade gifts. Yeah, sometimes it can feel disheartening when you go to your family or friend's house and don't see a handmade gift you've given them being used or displayed. Or maybe you've gifted them a quilt that mostly gets used by their pets. All sorts of negative thoughts can start running through your head, questioning if they really appreciated the time and love you put into making something special. It's important to stop and think about the intention of the gift in the first place. Did you enjoy the process of thinking about the recipient and choosing fabrics that reminded you of them? Did you think of them throughout the sewing process? Did you enjoy the excitement of gifting them the project? 
Sometimes it's more about the joy of the process rather than getting bogged down in expectations of what the recipient will do with the gift once it's in their hands. Speaking from personal experience, I've been gifted several mini quilts that aren't always on display in my home. I like to switch out my displays from time to time, and I don't have room to have everything out at once. So just because you don't see one of your gifts being used doesn't mean that it's shoved in a closet somewhere being forgotten. Yeah, that's a great point, Allison. As quilters, we're so in tune with the amount of time and work and money that goes into a quilt, but not everyone is. Uh, And when we give that gift, it feels like we're giving a piece of ourselves and maybe even that our self-worth is tied into how much that quilt is loved and appreciated. But Allison is right that the best gifts are given with no expectations for the recipient. So if you have a bad experience with how someone chose to use your gift, please don't let that discourage you from giving to others in the future. Giving gifts is such a meaningful way to show loved ones that you're thinking of them and you value the relationship. No matter how big or small the project, it feels so good to give something handmade. Plus, we all joke that we don't need another quilt in our lives, yet that doesn't stop us from making. So why not enjoy the process of making quilts without having to figure out where to store them in your own home? Thanks, Allison. We have to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we'll be hearing an interview with a local quilt shop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. I'm handing it over to Doris now for Love Your Local Quilt Shop. Hi, this is Doris Burnett, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine, with another installment of Love Your Local Quilt Shop, where we feature the community connections and success stories of independent quilt shops. Today I'm talking with Amy Healy, owner of Wise Monkey Quilting in Denison, Iowa. Welcome, Amy. It's so nice to chat with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's nice to chat with you, too. You bet. First off, I have to say I love the name of your shop. I'm curious what year you opened, and can you tell me where the name came from and a little bit about your shop? You bet. Um, So we opened April 1st in 2015, and Wise Monkey Quilting is the ancient Chinese proverb, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Okay. So we always say, what happens at the quilt shop stays at the quilt shop. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. Um, I know Wise Monkey has always been involved with helping out and serving your community. When the pandemic hit Iowa last spring, you did have to close down for a month or so, um, but you also moved into action right away to help frontline workers and your customers who um, were so eager to help. 
Yes, we did. So what we did is uh, we noticed you couldn't find elastic anywhere. We couldn't get it from suppliers. So we just started buying elastic in bulk really through Amazon. And then we started redistributing it to local sewers at no charge. Um, we, and we did take in a few donations from um, people as well who were anxious to help who were not sewers. We've given away enough elastic from the very beginning until now to put about 18,000 masks out into our community and the surrounding communities. Wow. And then we, we turned around and we didn't want them to use up all of their nice fabric they'd been saving for projects. So we started discounting a lot of our fabrics to half price and then would feature it on Facebook um, so we could uh, get them some new fabric they could use for their mask making. That's a really great idea. I love that idea of the discounting and you know, we all have precious pieces in our stash that we save for that perfect pattern one day. And not that we don't want to use it for a good cause, but um, that's a good way to uh, boost some sales that way to get rid of some of that older inventory and help out at the same time. So that's fun. And 18,000, that is a lot of masks. <laughs> I've talked to several other shop owners that took responsibility for distributing and donating masks in their area. Was that the case with your shop? Yeah, so what we ended up doing, we kind of became a distribution center for the hospitals, the doctor's offices, nursing homes, dentist office, and, and really we were contacted by all kinds of healthcare providers, and we started taking in all the masks from people who were making them, and then we would turn around and give them out where they needed them. Uh, they would kind of tell us how many they wanted, and we would take charge of that. Okay. There was even a local dentist who couldn't get his gowns from his local supplier. So we purchased fabric, which would not be our normal fabric for him. And then we had a couple ladies come in and we made gowns for them. That's wonderful. That's great. Um, and I think you had mentioned that you did some uh, child size face masks too for the kids that could go back to school. Um, are they doing in-person school in your community now? Or I know they are. they've been doing it for quite a while. So yeah. when we back in fall, when school was starting, we started uh, making the kids masks and making those available. We are a community. Um, we have we're a packing plant community, so we have a lot of of kids whose parents do not sew. So we made masks available for all of those kids. That's great. That's awesome. I know here in Des Moines, many quilters, including myself, <laughs> have not returned to shopping in person at quilt shops or really any retail stores outside of the supermarket. I'm sure that's the case with many of your customers as well. Um, what have you done to stay connected with your regular customers when you're unable to greet them coming through your doors? From the day we closed our door to foot traffic, we turned to social media to keep in touch. Um, we do Facebook. At the beginning, we did Facebook Lives every day. We would come on in the afternoon and we just talk, talk about what we're doing, talk about what's going on in the day. We let them know what's going on in, in the community and we were encouraging them for their mask making and what they were doing. And then uh, Northcott was doing a sew along called Time to Quilt. Mm -hmm. So for 28 days, we provided we showed how to make two quilt blocks a day for 28 days and we called it our coronavirus quilt 
And uh, we had 60 ladies that would tune in every day to us to get the new block and directions on how to keep going on this quilt blocks. That's a good group for participation. Have they shared uh, finished uh, quilt tops with you that you've seen um, that some of them followed all the way through and finished things up? Oh yes, oh yes. So we also are a full service quilt shop, so we do long arm quilting. And just the other day, I think I did the last of the coronavirus quilts that were brought in here for quilting. Really, that's great. That's great. Um, I follow you on Facebook, and I know you and your husband Randy do um, happy hour with the Healy's on Monday and Thursday evenings, I think it is. Um, and it's such a fun way to stay connected. Um, how has the way you've used social media changed since the pandemic has slowed foot traffic in the shop, besides what you already mentioned here? Yeah, we, we have maybe a quarter of the foot traffic we used to have, but we have gained so many followers from all over the United States that follow us on Facebook. So we do happy hour with the Heelys Mondays and Thursdays with Randy and I, and then we do Tuesday nights at seven o'clock, uh, a comment sold, which is an online selling platform. Uh -huh. We do that on Tuesday nights. And then Wednesday, I walk around the store on Facebook Live and just show them the store, what fabrics are new. So even though they're not getting out and about, they can still feel like they're in the store, checking it all out and getting new ideas. Yeah. And that's such an important connection. I think that's, um, you know, shop owners and employees develop relationships and friendships um, with their customers and that becomes a community in itself. So I think it's likely as important for you as a shop owner to maintain that contact and with those friendly faces as much as it is for the customer who may be stuck at home, you know, trying to play it safe and doing their best to stay safe and wishing they could come and see your face and talk to you face to face as well. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And thank goodness for social media. I've had that conversation with so many people over this past year because, you know, as we all know, we never expected to still be in the situation that we're in, but right. here we are. Right. <laughs> and um, hoping for the best with <laughs> in the coming months. But um, have you been able to, you were able to reopen, you said you've had about 25% of the foot traffic. Um, do you have reduced hours or do you have your regular hours and you're just adding these extra Facebook things to, um, Yeah, we, we, we reduced our hours just a little bit. We used to be open till 5.30. Now we're just open nine to five. Okay. Saturdays, nine to three. Um, and we were really only closed to traffic for six weeks and then we've been open since then. Oh, that's great. Um, we have canceled all of our events and classes. So we really don't look to be starting classes back up till this coming fall, just so everyone feels safe and we can get groups back together again. Yeah, yeah. And everybody will be so grateful to be able to get back together. I know myself, I'm missing my quilt retreats and sewing with my buddies. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, yeah, the last February was the last time I was able to sit and sew with friends in person, so yeah. Wow. Well, Amy, I want to thank you again for chatting with me today. Um, I think that it's wonderful what you've done with social media to keep, um, keep your store going and to stay connected. I think that's wonderful. Um, do you think you'll keep up with those things once you are able to open up? Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've already been had many people tell us, don't stop with the Facebook. Um, they look forward to us every day. They look forward just to hearing what we have to talk about in our crazy 
crazy stuff that we talk about. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and like I said, we have gained so many followers all across the United States. So yeah, isn't that interesting that opened you know, media opens you up to the whole world, really, you know, it's like yes. it's all um, so close and so you can get shoppers from all over the place. So I think it's wonderful that um, retail businesses have been able to have that avenue and to keep their businesses open, keep their doors open through using social media. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, all of us here at American Patchwork and Quilting wish you and your husband great success this year. Um, Thank you so much. Monkey Quilting going forward and hopefully um, when things do open up a little more, I'll be able to come visit you because you're just a ways down the road. So that sounds wonderful. We'd love to have you. And listeners, if you'd like to visit Wise Monkey Quilting online, their website is wisemonkeyquilting.com. Yep, or you can go to uh, find Wise Monkey Quilting on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel, so you can watch our videos as well. Thanks, Doris and Amy, for sharing that with us. I'm always so impressed with the ways local quilt shops are keeping their customers engaged and finding fun new ways to connect. I don't know what us customers would do without them. If you want to support Wise Monkey Quilting, we'll link to their website and social media accounts in our show notes. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing reader tips and announcing a fun new quilt along. Welcome back. Now it's time for What's on Your Workspace, a segment where we share what our staff is working on now. And it's my turn. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me mention this quilt many times. It is my longest UFO at this point. I've, I've even joined two quilt-alongs over the years to help me finish this with, with no avail. It is still just, uh, I'm just chugging away at it very, very slowly. Um, it's called On the Bright Side Quilt which is a pattern that was originally published in American Patchwork and Quilting, February of 2018. Many of you may know this quilt. It's one of the most popular patterns we have. Um, but for those who don't, just let me describe it. So it is a king-size bed quilt, and it has a zigzag pattern of pieced stars and squares against this white background. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I fell in love with the quilt the first time I saw it, uh, but for the past three plus years, I've been stuck making these pieced stars. And these stars are tiny. They finish at three inches, which is small, and each star takes 17 teeny tiny pieces to make each one. And it was, it was fun to make these stars for a little while. Uh, but this quilt actually needs 256 of those little stars. Uh, that's a lot. And um, that's just, just a small part of this quilt. Um, so I started this quilt um, this year with about 50 of these stars pieced. So that's kind of how far I've gotten the last three years is 50 stars pieced. And I have the rest of the pieces cut out for this quilt. But I can't start piecing blocks, of course, until these stars are done. Um, but I am determined to finish this quilt this year. Uh, so I've devoted all of my time to this quilt. In fact, besides um, machine quilting just one small throw, all of my sewing time has been spent on these stars. 
So since January 1st, I have made 125 stars and I'm rounding the curve to the end of the step in the process. So it's my goal to finish the last of them by the end of February so I can start putting the blocks together finally. So I have a feeling this project might take me the majority of the year to finish, but I have the perfect place for it in my house. So I'm making the quilt in uh, black, white, gray, yellow, and aqua. Those are my colors, um, which also matches our living room. And we've always loved these colors together, but now that Pantone has officially made the year 2021 the year of yellow and gray, I feel like it's a sign to finish this quilt while those colors are still trendy. <laughs> so if you're interested in seeing this pattern, I will link to it in the show notes. Um, you can buy it and maybe you'll join me in making it. I, I promise it is worth the pain of making these stars. This quilt is going to be one of my favorites, I know. Now, let's move on to Reader Tips, a segment where we share your best quilting advice, and I am always impressed with all of the tips everyone submits. They blow my mind sometimes. So this first tip is from Carrie Ray from Wilsonville, Oregon, and she says, Once I finish a tube of lip balm, I run the insert back to the bottom of the tube and stash the empty tube in my sewing room as a repository for old sewing machine needles. Replacing the cap after each needle is added keeps the needles contained for disposal. Well, this is a genius idea. I know a lot of people save their uh, medication bottles, their prescription bottles for throwing needles in, but a tube of lip balm is a little tinier uh, so you don't have to store something bigger in your sewing room. You just need a space for this little thing, and that could fit a lot of needles. Um, I also like that idea if you're maybe not even to dispose of old sewing machine needles, but if you're traveling on the go and you need to pack a little sewing case and you just need to bring a few different needles with, that's a great a solution too. Okay, this next tip is from Deb Hahn of Abbotsford, British Columbia. She says... I use an inexpensive over-the-door shoe organizer that has clear pockets to contain hard-to-store quilt accessories like my mini iron, spray adhesives, extension cords, and small templates. I can see at a glance what I have on hand, and clutter is kept to a minimum. This is a great idea. I always love over-the-door uh, organizers because it helps make use of uh, that wasted space in the back of the door. I'm I agree. I think things like uh, spray adhesives, extension cords, those type of things can sometimes be really hard to store because um, they're awkward shapes. Uh, so putting them in this door organizer sounds like a great idea and keeps them really handy. Okay, Judy Leventhal from Humble, Texas says, I organize my quilting stencils by size on large loose leaf binder rings that dangle from a belt hanger in a closet or from a wall hook in my sewing room. So this is another great storage idea. Um, quilting stencils I feel like are becoming a lot more popular now that people are starting to do sashiko. I feel like they're kind of in hand quilting and handwork has have been kind of making a resurgence. So they're kind of awkward to store because they're such a big size. So I love this idea of just hanging them from 
hooks on a belt hanger in your closet that kind of keeps them out of the way but keeps them flat without getting bent. So great idea. This next tip is from Christine Curran from Schaumburg, Illinois. She says, when I'm assembling a project that has a lot of pieces, I use an expandable laundry drying rack to keep the pieces organized. Because the rack is collapsible, I can take it with me to quilt retreats too. That's a great idea. This would work really well for longer pieces of fabric, uh, like strips, so they can hang without falling off. Um, but this is a great idea too because it keeps them from getting kind of wrinkled. So once you iron them, cut them, you can just keep them in the correct order on your rack without them, uh, without needing to press them again. So great idea. Okay, Beverly Hattering of Alamosa, Colorado says, on a recent camp camping trip, I didn't have the variegated purple floss called for in my embroidery project. I combined a strand of purple or dark purple floss and a strand of light purple floss and used that pairing instead. Uh, Beverly, I feel like you are living in the future. <laughs> what a genius idea. Yes, of course, you can make your own variegated floss by just combining two different colors. I think that's so smart and that really opens up your embroidery floss uh, opportunities from what you have in your stash. So that's pretty genius. <laughs> okay, and our last tip is from Carol Metz from Grass Lake, Michigan. And she says, because I was tired of forgetting what my specialty rulers were meant to do, I sewed a block of every design that each ruler would make. I then named file folders after the rulers and put my finished blocks inside the labeled folders. I no longer have to guess what the rulers do or what the blocks will look like when they're finished. This is such a great idea, especially, I think these specialty rulers, if you don't use them often, it's maybe something you use a few times a year, you may have to um, read through all the instructions every time you go to use it or um, kind of try to like visualize what they do. But when you have sewn block examples for each ruler, that really helps you, you know, recall right away what they're for. Um, and I love her organization tip about storing the blocks and the ruler in these files folders. That's really clever. So if you have your own tips to share, I always love hearing them. Um, so you can email your tip to uh, our email address at apqtips at meredith.com. And I would love to see them and share them. Okay, before we leave today, I have exciting news to share. I kept it until the very end. So you know we love a good quilt along. And we have another one to announce. So for those keeping track, this is the third one uh, we're starting in February. So this is our third quilt along announcement in the last few episodes. Um, but we really hope you can join in on at least one of them because they're all fantastic. So just a quick recap. We have our year-long block of the month that starts next week. We have a quilts and more seasonal table runner sew along that just started last week. And now this new one we're announcing today. And this is our American Patchwork and Quilting 2021 Quilt Along, which starts February 22nd, and it's a great one. The quilt is called Nine Patch Square Dance, and it's from designer Sherry McConnell of A Quilting Life. And it features her amazing new fabric, Happy Days, in the quilt, which it's a mix of pink, reds, blues, aquas, yellows, and gray florals. It's so pretty. 
and the quilt was actually made using pre-cuts. So she used a charm pack and honey buns, which are um, one and a half inch pre-cut strips. But this quilt is also so easy to cut from your fat quarters, your yardage, or you could even make it super scrappy. And um, it's an awesome design. And as the name suggests, it features nine patches in a really interesting way. This quilt is a throw size, and the pattern is found in the April 2021 issue of American Patchwork and Quilting, which goes on sale this week. Um, so subscribers may already have their issues, but you can buy a copy on newsstands, or we're selling the individual pattern on our website, too. And the quilt along, like we said, starts February 22nd, and it runs through May 2nd. We're doing a series of tip videos each week, and we're releasing tricks, you know, tips and tricks along the way, and it's it's going to be a really fun time. I have cheated, and I've started making the quilts early, and it's just a nice, easy one that just lets you play with fabrics and colors you love. I've been having a great time with it, and we even have an exclusive Facebook group that you can join to share pictures of your progress with others and get advice. So we're going to link to all of the details for all three of the quilt alongs in the show notes. So we hope you can join in on one of them. Uh, everyone have a great week and a very special Valentine's Day if you're celebrating. We'll see you next week. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us have a creative week.